Hi, and welcome to Intercom on Product, which is a new podcast series with myself, Des Trainer, co-founder of Intercom, and Paul Adams, who's our Senior Vice President of Product. Over the time we've worked together, Paul and I have had countless conversations about things like how to run a product org at scale, how to balance customer feedback on your product roadmap, how to spread a product-first mentality throughout a company, how to maintain design excellence in a fast-growing R&D team, and so much more. In this series, we're going to begin sharing some of these discussions with you on a regular basis, covering everything from industry trends, what's hot right now, all the way through to things like, how are we embracing the rise of automation? So if you're a designer, product manager, engineer, researcher, or anything in between, we think you'll find these conversations really valuable. You can subscribe to Intercom on Product on iTunes, you can stream it on Spotify, or even just grab the RSS feed in your player of choice. Thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to episode four of Intercom on Product. And today's episode is all about principles. We use product principles a lot in Intercom to help us in terms of how we build, what we build, how we make decisions. And we're going to share as much as we can about this because we think it's really, really valuable to product teams everywhere. Paul, let's start at the top. What the hell do we mean when we say a principle? Yep, that's a good place to start. Uh, So a principle is a fundamental truth, a proposition that serves as the foundation for behavior that gets you the results you want. That's read straight out of Webster's, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Can you give me something it's a, a bit more? Definition. <laughs> give me so, a bit more grounded there. So what that means is it's about predictable behavior in the future, basically. So right. we're, we're big into principles, as you know. And the reason we got big into principles is because they're a way of encoding your mistakes and successes. Right. So any business anywhere obviously wants to repeat their successes and avoid repeating their mistakes, mm-hmm. which is easy to say and hard to do. Uh, hard to do institutionally and organizationally, for sure. And so principles is our way, or the best way we've found in which to codify all the mistakes. Like codifying mistakes sounds like we're going to guarantee that we locked them in. Like, uh, can you expand a bit on like, like, so let's say we found, hey, three projects all went off course because of blah. Mm-hmm. Do we then, like, is there a principle to be found in that? Or it, or is it like, hey, if this is a consistent pattern that we need to like make sure no one ever repeats, we'll have a principle about the positive behavior that we want. Is that what you mean? Basically, yeah. There's lots of, I mean, maybe it's useful actually to share some examples sure. without talking about this in the abstract, but yeah. it's basically about us having a predictable system. Yeah. You know, like obviously our goal, like any product team, any product engineering team is ship great software that customers love, yeah. value, use, etc. Don't ship things that they don't need or don't yeah. uh, take too long doing it or yeah. don't go off track. And yeah. there's a whole load of like anti-patterns probably in how you would want to run a project, like yeah. project being cancelled or like big epic re-steer in the middle. Yeah. Uh, all those types of things, and so we over the years ref- we were you know reflect a lot as I'm sure many teams do, like doing a kind of retrospective as like what was practice. good about this, what was bad about yeah, that. yeah exactly what write it all down yeah. like these are things that worked yeah. well, this didn't at the end of any project or even sometimes you know part way through a project, yeah. and just over the course of like years of doing this, patterns repeated, 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 and we said okay, um, let's not do this again and then have a retro to learn the same thing we've already learned five times. Yeah, let's actually try and write it down. Yeah. And then we kind of stumbled across principles, I think, as the yeah. way, best way to do that. Let's maybe, so that we can ground our listeners, let's talk through a couple of principles and then we'll kind of go back to the kind of the, the what, why, how, et cetera. What are our principles for how we build product? Yeah, so we have three 
top-level product principles. We right. actually have a bit of a system. We have three top-level product principles. They're the things that we care about the most, I think. But then we have uh, five design principles mm-hmm. that are specific to the design team and the discipline of design. Mm-hmm. And then we have five engineering principles, again, specific yeah. to the discipline of engineering. So we like have 13 in effect, but in practice, yeah. any individual only has to observe eight, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Everyone inherits the top three. Yeah. And then if you're an engineer, you've got five engineering principles on top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, and, and that, that's true. And yeah. 13 does sound like a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you'd, you'd hope that, like, any team in the company is familiar with all the principles. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? 13, yeah. you don't have to remember yeah. and recite 13 principles. But in mm-hmm. practice, mm-hmm. you should actually, again, it's about predictable behavior. Yeah. In practice, you should see people uh, enacting these principles. Mm-hmm. So, for example, let me, let's kind of, kind of go through some. Um, one of our product principles, like we have three at the top level. One of them is start with the problem. So this is, uh, again, a principle that came from us realizing that we oftentimes weren't starting with with a problem. Instead, we were starting with like some cool idea we had or yeah. some kind of fictionalized hypothetical customer Wouldn't problem. Wouldn't it be cool if type thing? Yeah, or, right. you know, I talked to one customer and I think they had, and I think everyone right. suddenly like extrapolate out to like, you know, yeah. thousands of people. And, uh, and you know, the, the kind of reason this principle exists is because we believe that any solution that we ship is only ever as good as the problem understanding yeah right so like the better you understand the problem the better yeah. thing you'll design it's that Einstein thing isn't a problem like well stated is a problem half solved exactly yeah. yeah exactly so we spend a ton and ton of time on problem definition problem yeah. prioritization first yeah. of all is this an important problem yeah. do we understand this problem okay now we understand this problem a bit better yeah. let's like restack it against the other problems that we, yeah. that we you know think we've a good understanding of and like to be clear like so like a problem like like a shit version of, of this would be like the problem is we need ticketing yeah. And a much better uh, definition might be like, we need a way to have a consistent record, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, is yeah. it? Yeah, our customers know. are trying to do X or Y. Yeah. Um, so like the way this the way this would have worked in the past, say, for example, um, years ago, where we didn't have these principles. Again, these principles are years old at this mm-hmm. point. Where we didn't have these principles would be, uh, you know, there might be a design review or product review in a project. And, you know, like a leader typically would come in, someone leading, leading the team. And... They, you know, you, you and me, uh, uh, we've both experienced this different times coming in and like seeing work. And, you know, we start asking questions like, um, you know, have we shown this to customers? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did they say? Did that, you know, did they react well to it? Can yeah. they just, can they like articulate what problem this is solving yeah. for them? Is it solving a real problem or is it like hypothesized or yeah. can they like, give us really specific examples of how this would actually change how they work, et cetera, et cetera. And oftentimes what we'd find is the understanding of the customer problem we're trying to solve is really ambiguous and vague and loose. Um, And as a result, then the project is like ambiguous and vague and loose. And it gets pulled in all different directions. What you end up with is just people disagreeing with each other, very, very opinion driven rather than Mm -hmm. kind of evidence driven. As opposed to a project where we spent a ton of time up front understanding the problem. And then downstream from that, when you come into a design review or product Mm -hmm. review and start asking these types of questions, you just get way richer, better answers. Yeah. Because we actually spent the time to understand the problem up yeah. front. Our other two are think big, start small, and ship to learn. Rather than kind of walk through both of those as well, I think one important point we should stop and reflect on here is um, something I've really believed all the time. Most of the time when I see companies decide that they want to build out some principles, or they end up basically saying stuff that is just generally true. Like ship, ship good software. Ship good software, or like design matters, or yeah. like, you know, focus on the user or whatever. Like, right. And what they don't really do, in my opinion, is like, is like come up with a principle that's pointy enough mm-hmm. such that there is an equal and opposite counter principle in a sense. Right. And I think that's a, an acid test that we've always had for our for principles. So like um, if we take, say, like 
well, you can pick, think big, start smaller, ship to learn. What's mm-hmm. the opposite principle and when would that be good? Yeah, yeah, this is actually a really important point because like you said, you know, I've often talked to princ- people about principles in other companies and their principles and, and values mm-hmm. do by extension. Mm-hmm. We should talk about the distinction there potentially, but uh, tend to be truisms. Mm-hmm. You never disagree with that. Yeah. So think big, start small is a great example where uh, the, the kind of basics of this principle is kind of self-explanatory are uh, when people start working on a project. And, and by the way, these principles are in, in order. So yeah. it's start with the problem. Okay. Then think big, start small. Yeah. Then shift to learn. Right. Gotcha. So like you've started with the problem. Yeah. Uh, you have a deep understanding of the problem. And then the next stage is, okay, think big. What's the like, big dream, the, mm-hmm. the vision? Like what, you know, what's the concept uh, concept design for this, solving this problem. So think big and don't be limited by um, any kind of constraints. Uh, and then start small and take the big idea, take that bigger vision, this longer term plan or dream, and then start small, break it down into like the smallest, smallest pieces uh, and keep scoping back, 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 back uh, until you have the kind of smallest coherent solution. Mm-hmm. And so that that's how we want people to work. And the biggest piece of feedback we get uh, within this principle is like how small is small and you know we we push for very very small so the the, the opposite of this principle yeah. is also valid right which will be like think small start big right that is a valid principle too what would that look like um for think small start big like i imagine like any company who's working on infrastructure right. for example right so imagine you're like an electricity company or like new even like you know renewable energy company yeah. now there's like definitely innovation in that space too yeah. like tesla comes to yeah. mind for example but if you're taking on something that has significant infrastructural costs, yeah. you obviously need to start big. Yeah. There's no version, like yeah. there's no version of a road infrastructure. It doesn't yeah. mean building loads of roads. Yeah. And so, or, you know, if you're like Apple, who, you know, apparently are building a car, designing and building yeah. a car. There's no, they can't ship half a car. No, yeah, or, or, like, can't start yeah. with a wheel, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, so, so there is like start big. Yeah. And then, yeah, depending on like how, how, how much innovation matters, yeah. uh, you can think small. Like it's, so like the, the latter, like, so it's like think big and then start small. That small is like proportionate to that big. So like, right. so it might be feasible to say, think small, start big, which, might, which is what we're actually saying is find a small next step, ship all of it and mm-hmm. you're done. Right. right. What yep. we're saying is like envision like the whole system, yeah. find the first valuable piece, ship that, but you definitely have one eye on the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the smallest coherent solution. Yeah. And actually the way we do this in practice is uh, we build a little table mm-hmm. and the table has in it like all the kind of components of the solution and then it has um, effectively two columns, sorry, three columns, mm-hmm. uh, essentials, mm-hmm. then differentiators, mm-hmm. and then not now. Right. And, and this idea of like not now is really powerful because... Mm-hmm. You know, saying no is really critical to yeah. any kind of product yeah. strategy and product execution. And so if you have a column that says no, mm-hmm. that's really hard for people to actually like, yeah, yeah. you know, be comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. Whereas not now. Oh, yeah, yeah. not now. Okay, yeah. later maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the thing I care about most is on the not now is it's mm-hmm. on the no list. Mm-hmm. You don't have a no list. Yeah. So the essentials is like, you know, you kind of almost start by putting every single thing into the not now. Yeah. Every single part and of the drag solution. Them back. Yeah. And then, yeah, painfully drag them over. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another kind of key component of, of this principle. Think big, start yeah. small is it, it should be excruciatingly painful to yeah. pull things into the essentials yeah. or then differentiators, yeah. which is then the, the thing we go and build. Yeah. And like, I think like to tie this back to the, like, where is it valuable? The biggest value you get as an organization by having stated principles. And for us, that means they're like, they're printed on the walls. They're like re- referred to in every sort of uh, document mm-hmm. defining a product scope. 
yeah. is the predictability. It's the predictability of the leadership team. It's the predictability of you, of me. Yeah. It's, you know, great leadership hinges on some sense of predictability, which mm-hmm. is like if you're consistent in how you apply your logic, it makes it so much easier to work alongside you because you know, like if you walk into a product critique, people can probably guess what the first words out of your mouth will be. And it, that actually really helps. Yeah, you know? yeah, start smaller. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, I always yeah. say. Yeah, right, yeah. And, uh, and like that's brilliant because like the more, the more that that's true and the more that you live and embody that and then we encode it, the less necessary you are to be in everything in a sense. And the more we can kind of like, the more our leadership team and then the more our PMs and the more like right way down to like, you know, three months in the door PM can actually realize actually here's the principle. It, it, it's, it's alive and breathing and it, mm-hmm. it, it infuses everything that we do. So I think like that's one of the biggest sales pitches for me of a principle is that it's, it's a way of kind of finding the most specific sort of unique things to how you build software and making sure that everyone kind of lives by them. Yeah, it, it actually goes up and down too. So like one of, one of the greatest things about these principles, I think is um, like in the past, like before Intercom, I've worked in projects and teams where you're effectively building like the VIP's idea mm-hmm. or the leader's idea. Right. And that's like an anti-pattern here. That's not yeah. the kind of way we want to work. We want to scale the company and have like, yeah. all, you know, all of our teams and people build and come up with great ideas next mm-hmm. to them themselves. But obviously, like you and I are involved in different ways at times to kind of check in and ensure we're kind of aligned to company strategy. But like I've had people point to the posters on the wall too. Yeah. Where, uh, like if they, it's a way for them to call me out and say, yeah. hey, like they're holding me on, you know, keep me honest and holding me accountable to the yeah. principles and saying, well, Paul, actually, you know, the feedback you're giving us is not consistent with our principles. Yeah. And that's brilliant, you know, because yeah. obviously... Yeah, no, no one's truly consistent, like, so, like, yeah, yeah but, the, but the ink on the wall won't change. Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. exactly. And so um, so they're empowering uh, as a way to not only have, I guess, leadership and in the broader product team act in consistent ways, but also for the, the teams to hold leaders accountable. Yeah. It's like a know? fair game, in yeah, a it's, sense. Exactly. It's, everyone has the same rules. Yeah. Maybe, like, so we've talked through the sort of product principles. Maybe let's touch on a couple of maybe the designer engineering ones. Like, yeah, uh, I'll go through one that, I, that I, I like. What I like about our engineering principles is like at the top line, they do sort of sound like truisms until you read the actual trade-offs. Right. So like um, if we say like keep it simple might be a, it is an engineering principle. And for mm-hmm. sure, who's going to say keep it complicated, right? Mm-hmm. But actually, when you get into the specifics of it, what it says is this means we will trade off performance, financial cost and perfect product abstractions to keep our solutions as simple as possible. And when you actually realize that, you're like, okay, now that principle has teeth, right? You know, now it actually means that like you can't justify things against that because you're still violating this core principle because we said we trade that off. Yeah. What yeah. about design principles? Yeah, it's also worth noting. You know, we have posters in the wall, and those posters have the principle. So in that case, I keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but then underneath, there's actually a description. It's kind of like mm-hmm. like you you read it out. It's like right. typically two or three uh, sentences, and that and when people point to the wall, they're pointing at the paragraph yeah. as much as the title. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good ones in the design principles. One that I personally like a lot is the principle called follow fundamentals. Right. Again, at the, at the surface, this may sound like a little bit like follow fundamentals. That sounds yeah, like a yeah. good idea anyway. Yeah. What this is really getting at is effectively UI design. Yeah. And so Intercom, we believe our, our like kind of Zoom level of innovation and newness and new things is at the kind of high product level. It's yeah. not at the design level. Yeah. And so like, you know, for example, if we're designing our inbox, yeah. our inbox should work a lot like every other inbox. Yeah. Because then people can use it and anyone yeah. can join a company and start using Intercom, the inbox, and suddenly know what to do. Like, what do I do? Oh, you type in the reply box. What do yeah. I do next? Hit that button. Yeah. It looks like all the other buttons. Yeah. And so follow, fund- follow fundamentals is the principle by which we design UI effectively. Yeah. And we 
you know, we're not Snapchat, right? Yeah, we're not yeah. trying to like design new types of UI or like Tinder or like people yeah. have come up with these like radically different ways. Also, of like our UI isn't inherently part of our brand in some sense. Like as, right. in, as in, we we don't want to be known as the people who've like reinvented UI components and have a new take on a radial menu or like a fancy yeah. version of a drop down or whatever. Like we want people. I mean, I, some of this is kind of inherent in our product domain. Intercom by default is a is a complex enough piece of work mm-hmm. such that to add on an extra layer of please now learn our UI is just messy. So wherever there are standard patterns, we should embrace and we should like just, as you said, follow fundamentals, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll try another yeah. one I, yeah. I like a lot on the design principles, which is what you ship is what matters. Right. And so this, this again, it like, touches on something that uh, like I know you and I both care a lot about and our, and, and our design leaders and design team do, which is, uh, you know, it's been like a, an amazing progression in um, design craft tools, right? So mm-hmm. Figma and Sketch and all these different yeah. things. And and so like you can kind of fall in love with your tool and fall in love with your craft yeah. and fall in love with your, like, your Figma files, yeah, yeah. right? And actually like your Figma files don't matter any, you know, unless yeah. customers experience the thing you designed. Yeah. And so we have in our design team a principle that says what you ship is what matters. Yeah. So in other words, when it comes to like, you know, your performance or yeah. the impact you've had on, uh, on the yeah. company, we look at what you've shipped, yeah. right? Not the... 10 bajillion Figma files that were created, right? It's like what actually went out the door. And like, what does that, where's where's the trading line there? So if you're a designer, obviously you're not going to go and write the code. But is it like, you know, what's the opposite of this? Like, what's the behavior we don't want? We don't want people taking a lot of pride in a design that never went out the door. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the kind of inherent behaviors that you get from that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe complaining a little bit, like, you know, I mean, feeling a bit aggrieved. That like my uh, genius work didn't get it didn't yeah, get life or, because it wasn't right. Well, it wasn't worth building basically. Yeah, or like this this like beautifully crafted user experience I designed that is by the way technically impossible to build yeah. didn't get out the door or ludicrously expensive such that we'd never justify it right right or like won't scale yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah. and so you know what this is actually touching at and a lot of these principles on the design engineering side yeah. touch on collaboration but, yeah. you know because we, we we work and kind of promote a very very collaborative. Yeah culture within teams and the you know, PM and design and research and engineering and so on. Mm-hmm. And so what this is actually getting at is, you know, the design t- the designers should be deeply uh, collaborative with the engineering team. Yeah. And actually some of the engineering principles kind of speak the reverse. Like they have Absolutely. a principle called shape the solution. Yeah. Which is yeah. don't just take, you know, shape the solution. Yeah, get into those meetings and make sure they're not shopping without price tags. You know, yeah, exactly, well, you know, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I suspect a lot of the folks listening will have already a set of company values and they're probably eyeing up that set of posters in the wall and thinking, what would I write that's different to them? How do you think about uh, sort of values a company might hold versus mm-hmm. the product principles? What's the difference? What's the sort of, you know, where's the trading line? Yeah, so the, the kind of distinction that I make, and there's definitely a little bit of overlap between, you know, what's a value and what's a principle. The kind of like distinction I make is principles are, are about behavior and predictable behavior. Values for me are more about how we, how we think and how we feel. For example, you know, we've, we have a set of values as well. We have 11 values. We have like put them in a little book and when you're mm-hmm. joining on your first day, you get the little intercom yeah. value, book of values and there's 11 of them. Um, there's a value around being optimistic and positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the idea there is like Intercom is like this fast-growing company, changing yeah. all the time, in an increasingly competitive environment. Yeah. Um, we're kind of shooting for the stars. Yeah. And in order for people to kind of like take that journey with us, because yeah. it's a hard journey. It's not, yeah. This is a challenging mm-hmm. thing to do. There's easier, you know, more chilled out places you can work in I've terms heard. of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slower moving, whatever. And so we need people to stay positive and stay confident and optimistic about the future. Yeah. And so that's like a value and it's more like thinking and feeling. Yeah. Whereas our principles are about doing mm-hmm. behavior, you know, so like start with the problem. Right. Isn't really about how you feel. 
Yeah. It's no, just start with the problem. It's more like when you actually go to work, this is this is like this is the repeated way we believe success will uh, happen for us. Right, exactly. To what degree are principles connected with like sort of what I want to say is like competitive edge or like a company's position in the market in in, in some sense like I guess what I'm what I'm wondering is like Apple's principles probably wouldn't work here. Right. Right. Uh, right. And why would they not work? Well, maybe it would mean that we'd go dark for like 18 months and come mm-hmm. out with like something no one's ever seen before, but but the rapid nature and evolving nature of SaaS might mean that like we're shipping it to like a, a, an audience that no longer exists or something like that. Yeah. Um, but when you, you know, maybe a different way to ask this is like, um, if I picked you, if I if, if Intercom parted ways with Paul Adams tomorrow and you took the head, head of product role at like Joe Soap product management app or like to do yeah. app or like email client, how do you go about sort of bringing the principles in, assuming they're open to it, assuming they're like, hey, Paul, give us some of that principle goodness. Yeah. What do you do? And and is it how much of it is internal versus how much of it is like, well, actually, we're in a pretty competitive space where everyone's shipping features, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great nice question. Nice five-part question for you there. No, I love it. Yeah, I'm going to add a six, which is uh, um, for people who are listening in, you know, they've heard like start with the problem, yeah. think big, start small, ship to learn. Yeah. Should they like, hey, we don't have principles. They sound like three good ones. Mm-hmm. Let's get them on the wall. And so... For like the answer is, I, I, I don't think that they're, it's an interesting question. I don't think that they're like universal, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think these principles apply to every company. These are our principles that we learned mm-hmm. uh, or like we kind of codified over the years based on what we were learning, what yeah. we believe and things yeah. like that. Having said that, you know, one thing I would say is when you look back over our years and like our kind of like successes and failings and so on, the success that we have had in terms of like our business growing and customers mm-hmm. growing and so on. I think a lot of it's down to these principles. Yeah. So I think there's like a direct kind of causal relationship between projects where we follow the principles and then yeah. projects that were successful. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a, a direct line there. I think these principles do cause success if yeah. in many for, cases. For us, for us in the years circa 2011 through 2019 or whatever. Exa- right? like, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so a couple of things though, like these principles don't, don't necessarily apply to other companies. And yeah. so, you know, if I was to like leave and uh, into this like, you know, new fictional parallel universe with this yeah. company, I would try and understand what the company looks like and yeah. works like first yeah. because these principles may not be good principles for them. Like, And that might mean going through like, you know, like the postmortems of all their successes, all their failures, working out what's consistent and what's in, in both in a sense, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like the, the principles kind of in some way are kind of like a re, almost a research exercise. The yeah, creation yeah. of them is some kind of like deeply internal yeah. kind of like reflection, yeah, yeah. being very honest and direct about what you have and have not done well you know, yeah. over the years in the past. Um, What's the definition of success for these things out of curiosity? So like, if I said like, hey, we, Paul, we need to, you know, there's this new team I'm after finding and we need to find their principles. Yeah. Like when you go through these projects, is it commercial success? Is it just, did everyone feel like we did a good job? Is it, are we proud of the out, uh, of the output or outcome? Any that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's definitely a bit fuzzy yeah. for sure. Like there's definitely some judgment in terms of like, did he, did, you know, did he apply the principles well? And yeah. then what does success look like? You just want to avoid the circular logic where like, this was good because we applied our principles versus yeah, right. this was good. And as it happens, our principles were at the forefront, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the principles have evolved. You know, like mm-hmm. it's another, another thing to mention, the, we have three high level principles today. Uh, we used to have five. Yeah. Um, and then we merged three of them into one. Yeah. And actually at the moment, we're having a discussion about merging, think big, start small. Yeah. and ship to learn. Yeah. I'm emerging them because they're basically sister principles. Yeah. Like when you start small, you are actually starting small so you, so you can ship earlier. Yeah. And the um, reason you ship earlier is to learn. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are talking about merging them and we're talking about uh, maybe introducing a third principle, maybe, yeah. around like being outcome versus output focused. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of like, funnily enough, what you're asking about there yeah. as well. Like what's the outcome of yeah. these principles yeah. versus the output of them? 
So they do evolve and change. I think, you know, it's kind of like trying to more directly answer the question, like, it is it is really commercial success, mm-hmm. product success, customer success, like some yeah. version. Like we, when we set up projects, we have success criteria, yeah. whether that's qualitative criteria, quantitative criteria, like a metric. Uh, and so that the projects are really judged against that. Yeah. And then we, I, I, you know. Work from there. Work from there, yeah. I think what's interesting to me is I was just uh, playing out in my head, like if we like, and I know we don't often speak about competitors, but let's say like Zendesk, right? Clear, like strong market dominant uh, leader for like the help desk ticketing type use case I think your principles might be different in a world where you're like where you believe you're dominating the market like let's say mm-hmm. Salesforce are dominating CRM right as a result maybe things like starting small isn't actually as as, as doable for them because they need something to launch at Dreamforce yeah and similarly maybe the idea of shipping to learn doesn't make sense when they actually feel that they're they're kind of dominating the market and as a result there's not like a lot of uncertainty there whereas we're still growing up as a company so we're yeah. still, like the learning is is still this kind of this new ocean that we sailed ourselves into and we're still trying to work out the boundaries in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, so I, I, I do wonder as well, like, is it the company's position in the market? Like if we, like, so I mentioned project management earlier, yeah. that's a kind of like um, a near on perfect competition type world where like there's like, you know, probably like a dozen project management e type apps all yeah. doing like 50 million plus in annual revenue, all with their own unique take. And as a, as a result, like I, I bet you the principles you'd have to apply to like enter that market and then sustain yourself in that market versus dominate that market are all quite different in a sense. Yeah. So it is, I'm, you know, I'm really just playing this out in my head, but I suspect that like part of the maturing of the principles and the reason we evolved them is because like our own position evolves as well. Yeah. Like it's a different game when no one's ever heard of you versus when everyone has high expectations of you. Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Like a good example of this, I think, is... Um, you know, like the kind of business strategy of fast following, which is, yeah. you know, you see a competitor launch something and then you quickly copy it and fast yeah. follow. And sometimes it makes sense. I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've heard of a couple. <laughs> yeah, me too. Microsoft is a good example. Like they, they think yeah. they're the company who made famous this strategy. Not uh, who I was thinking of, but uh, carry yeah, on. <laughs> same, same. Yes. Yeah, chat for another day, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like starting with the problem, is that really the right principle for like a yeah. fast follow? business strategy like yeah, probably not absolutely not it's like start with their problem yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah 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 almost like start with their solution yeah, yeah that's right actually, there's yeah. risk to that too yeah. obviously whereby you can copy all the mistakes they made yeah yeah but it might actually just be faster you know if like 100% yeah. of what you see of the 100% like, uh, what you see like 60% is success and 40% is yeah. failings it might yeah. actually be faster to just copy the whole thing yeah 40% mistakes and all yeah to catch up and versus doing the homework to find out which 60 matters it might yeah. be yeah it might be just easier and meanwhile and, they've yeah. like you know a million more customers in the yeah, time. Yeah, so you were... like the, the, that whole business strategy is based on the idea that, well, we already have a quicker route to market. Like you, you have some other competitive edge at the yeah. sort of top level principle, which yeah. says, which you're kind of saying, we don't compete on product, we compete in the fact that we already have the customers or something like that. Right, right? exactly. Okay, let, let's bring this home for would-be listeners. They're out there, they're startups size 10 through 1,000. They don't have product principles. Yeah. Why, why should they think about adding them if they should at all? I mean, it depends what they value, I guess. If they yeah. value creating a repeatable, predictable product and engineering culture, yeah, they should create them. Yeah. Now, there might be people out there going, like, I actually don't want that. Yeah, we like that dynamic sort of... Yeah, we, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, the some nature of, like, being able to, like, change on a dime that matters or maybe yeah. they're in some crazy competitive environment, like, yeah. I don't know, VR or something where it's just, yeah. like, wild west and yeah. no one knows what's going on. Like, yeah. maybe. Um, but if you want to create, like, this predictable, repeatable culture yeah i think principles are a brilliant way to do that yeah and then what's the best way to start thinking about it oh like reflection 
you know, yeah. like like um, retrospectives, reflections. What projects led to our best commercial success? Yeah, let's look at like 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 let's, let's, it's a re- really a research endeavor. Yeah. Like let's look yeah. at like, the successes, the failings. Like get yeah. everyone involved. It's a real yeah. collaborative. You know, get pull everyone in. Yeah. Everyone has like different like insights, and yeah. you kind of then synth- you kind of like summarize and synthesize all yeah. that all that learning. And I guess you're looking for the invariance there. So you're looking for like, I can imagine if we pulled out all of our projects of all time ever and divided them roughly into like goods and bads or like wins and losses or whatever. We're looking for the things, you know, that are uniquely consistently true to goods versus bads. Mm -hmm. Give give or take, right? Okay. Of course you could have, we might have followed one, but not three of the principles, whatever. Right. And then specifically within the, you know, the anti-patterns, you might see the, the things that like have always been like, you know, oh, we rushed a deadline or we mm-hmm. didn't have a senior technical personnel or whatever the hell the thing might be. Yeah. I notice all our principles are framed in the positive. Mm. Um, like, so what we don't have here is a lot of like, don't, never, blah, 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 yeah, you know, right. or any that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. What's the thinking there? Is, is that just basically being constructive and positive in our language or? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about it much, to be honest. When we kind of teach these principles to new folks who join, we do have, um, we have a little kind of training deck around them. We do have a slide that says yeah. like anti-patterns. Yeah, yeah. So we do have the, actually a lot of negatives, like yeah, don't yeah. do this, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for example, like think big, start small. Yeah. One of the uh, anti-patterns is do not ship janky shit. Yeah. And any That's like that, a misinterpretation of it, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, starting small doesn't mean shipping janky, you yeah. know, things we're not proud of yeah like you should always we're starting small and then yeah. still being proud in, yeah. in terms of like the design execution the yeah. engineering like this principle doesn't excuse low quality like yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly so it's not yeah. exactly okay so we do have kind of anti yeah. anti patterns there the other, two other quick things to mention that we haven't covered today is one these are guides they're yeah. not rules yeah right like we don't you know stand over teams and say like you must follow these yeah. principles yeah so they're guides. And yeah. sometimes people make exceptions and don't yeah. follow them. And there's actually valid you know, reasons to do that at yeah. times. And then we l- learn from that and try and co- recodify that back in or you know, change yeah. the principle of all of it. And the other one is they're really for decision making. Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately, like, what are these actually helping yeah. do on the ground? And it's just faster decision making. Yeah. Uh, rather than have like a big, giant, epic debate one or the other, you can actually just point yeah. to a principle yeah. often and say... And it means you don't need to escalate as well, right? Like, if you need to tie break between design and engineering, that's what the principles are there for. And, yeah. and if we can't, then we can escalate in a sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so so going back to this mystical uh, team that all of our listeners are on. Um, yeah. So they have decided they want this repeatable, scalable, predictable process that will kind of get them like a consistent level of quality. Mm-hmm. They've looked at all their successful projects, all their unsuccessful. They've found the invariance in both and they've come up with maybe a set of like Maybe they broke them into design and engineering. Maybe they didn't, but they have yeah. a, set, a set of things. How do you get them out there? What, what, how do you just bring it home? How do you like do you call on all hands? You sort of you know tell everyone here's what we're doing: posters, booklets, training, webinars, onboarding. How do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean for us, it, it just it was just a process, that, and it, all these things came later. Like we have mm-hmm. beautiful posters now, but mm-hmm. they came later. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier earlier versions were like just some text on a yeah, Microsoft on a Word, aerial, yeah, absolutely, yeah, all the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so um, so that stuff evolved as we. As they really stabilize, and like I said earlier, they're yeah. years old now at mm-hmm. this point, and they evolve very slowly. But what we did do a lot was pressure test them. Yeah, you know, so like even when we've got a new principle, like if we do have this new principle around mm-hmm. being outcome focused, for example, versus output focused, we're going to have to test that, mm-hmm. try it out, test it. Like, is it helping us make decisions faster? Yeah, yeah. Are we like wrapping ourselves up in the philosophy of the principle as opposed to just actually doing, mm-hmm. getting work done? Yeah, and and if it doesn't prove to be very pragmatic, yeah. We just bin it. Yeah, and, it doesn't unlock decisions. It's not useful. Yeah. yeah. So you just think, I think you just, people just yeah. need to like try. Yeah. Okay, let's try this principle in a project. Let's like day, live yeah. it day by day yeah. and see if it helps us. And then ultimately they'll start to calcify and solidify and you can then start to 
you know, put them on walls, make yeah. them a part of your onboarding. Yeah, you know, share then, whatever. Yeah, that's how like we did it very organically. Yeah. You know, and then and then there were an all hands here and there where we might have like brought out the new wording or evolved the principle yeah. or hey everyone we've merged these yeah. three into one, but it's it doesn't. It, I don't think it'll work if people are like you know, kind of like 12 commandments style, like yeah, coming down from the yeah. mountains with the principles, like you yeah. must now, you know. Yeah, yeah, new plan. We're now going to ship, think, think big and ship smaller. Something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally fair. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much everything I think we know about principles. We yeah. find them super valuable. Hope you all do too. This has been Intercom on Product. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Intercom on Product podcast. For more content, go to our blog at intercom.com slash blog. Or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. This is Intercom on Product.